This episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. To find out more, please visit classicalconversations.com. Idaho politics. Does anybody care about this? I do. Does the world? I, I live don't here. Know. I live yeah. here. Do you? Lions and tigers and monkeys, oh my. Ah. <laughs> oh, I know what you're <laughs> You know where I'm going. Yeah. Medicare and horse racing. Figure that. Yep. Medicare for horses? We're getting everybody else. <laughs> hey, don't forget Cross Politic Club, Coffee, Christmas. We got coffee. I don't yep. even. Where's my Christmas? Market? Christmas is coming up. Oh. Our club members. I've already had a couple of people email me about this. Christmas. Yeah. They were talking about Christmas. I want to buy a club membership for my husband. It's not even Thanksgiving yet, I know. people. And we're and, and well, I'm, I'm do it, but we're, I'm going to try to put together some sort of card that we can put as a stocking stuffer. Yeah, as a stocking stuffer kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, you know, thank you for joining the show. Share it now. You know, as that's you your, guys that's your can, camera. Right is there. that one? Well. I'll, <laughs> Yeah, we told me at the very no, okay. beginning. Remember, remember let, let, we, let we had clear, that conversation. Uh, there? Okay, let me clear this up. When we have a guest on, on the phone. Okay. Not Bill. All right. We look at the center camera. Okay. When we do a regular show. Okay. Yeah, look at your I, camera. I just, <laughs> Come on, Gabe. I, okay, is this a regular show? How long have we been doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill. Anyways, thank you for share uh, share the show. Uh, if you guys want to contact us, that's my mug. Yeah. Get your hand off my mug. What's, just, you been what's, what's in that mug? That's what water. I was it just water. What are you doing? Can I finish? A, can I start a Would show? Would you please move your cable to the back? Of, oh man, why do you do this to me? Every <laughs> time. <laughs> talking. I'm Every time. All right, and mm. then if you guys want to contact us, contact at crosspolitik.com. And what else was I going to say? If you're from, like Eastern, if you're from Eastern go. Europe, please stop hacking our website. Please. Yes. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? We, our, our website's been hacked like three or four times. You've been last having trouble month. logging yeah. on. Maybe it's because uh, yeah. somebody in Yugoslavia. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> you were in Yugoslavia. <laughs> I made it look like I was hey. in Yugoslavia. Hey, just just a, as a reminder, if you're a club member, you get access to our Cross Politic Worldview Shotgun mm. Series. Shotgun. Our Worldview Shotgun series. Mm. Uh, and it, some of you might not know about this, but um, also it is available for purchase. Um, we, we did this. It's 10 shows. Yep. Yep. They're short 30-minute segments describing basically like where we're coming from. Yep. Um, it, it, you could use it as a small group Bible study probably. You could yep. use it. I mean, you can listen to it on vacation. Um, but it's uh, 10 segments on basically how we see the Bible and the gospel of Jesus informing how we look at politics and culture and all of life. And so church, yeah, government, if, if, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so if you want to like, what's with those guys, why they think that way. So on what's wrong with you people, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the worldview shotgun series, uh, is a great way to find out. So please I'm check it on it. Today. Check it out. It. Yeah. What about hey, the keys of the kingdom? Oh yes. Bill's like, what is going on? <laughs> and with us in the studio yes, today, yes. Mr. Bill Gosling, thank you so much for joining My us. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, we're going to introduce him more later, but he is running for House of Representatives in the state of Idaho. Ooh. In our in, county. In our district, district, our district. Which is a yeah. couple of counties. Yes. And uh, so anyways, great don't, to have you, Bill. Don't, don't I appreciate that. Talk <laughs> like that again. We're not going to talk about this? Oh, and also, if you're a club member, you get a 20% discount. Ten percent, ten or so, ten or twenty, and you can just buy these things, anyways. If you if you've got a little baby, <laughs> it needs to be baptized. Yeah, go baptize your kids if you have children. <laughs> you have anything else we haven't hit yet? Just on it. Wow, Wait, I, oh, I got some more. That was incredible. What Knox. about Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. Texas. All right. uh, so, G- Gabe's from Texas. Yeah. So we have to. It's for me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to say about the Worldview yes. series. It's it's free to our club members. You guys can go into the club membership to download it. 
And then secondly, it's going to be in iTunes, hopefully by the end of this week. So That's it's so. submitted to the store. It's just processing yeah. and all that stuff. And so, so you might, you can actually, if you find a favorite track, you mm-hmm. can buy it. Um, yeah. If you, if yep. you want to just, just get one that. track, um, yep. but hopefully the whole thing's useful for you. So yeah. absolutely. Yep. So anyways, all right, let's get into Idaho news. This is a show about Idaho politics. Which is why after, Bill's here. Yeah. Which is why Bill's here. And after the show, you guys are going to probably know more about Idaho than you really care about to know. That's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> no, no. No, no. They're going to say, wow, Idaho. I want to move here. We want to move there. I want to yeah. move Did here. you guys see that Moscow got listed in like the best yeah. towns in the country yep. to move to? Yeah. To raise, and to raise children. To raise something. children. Yep. A yep. number one? Don't yeah. do it. In the country? We yeah. like our little town. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> owner, owner, how, did you see how they're ranking them? I, I just skimmed really fast. Yeah. Did it, you read it, Bill? No. Who who ranked us? You know, I actually forget the website. I know. The I website. I it saw was, it. Is but, that a tough question for him? Bill's coming. Just wait until I ask you questions. Idaho Fishing Games, Blake Fisher. Uh, he's the Idaho Fishing Games Commissioner. What's gonna, his name? Uh, Blake Fisher. Okay. He's going to be a notorious Blake Fisher. Blake he went, Fisher. He went on a little hunting trip. And he worked for Idaho Fish and He Games. did. <laughs> he did. Oh, no. Providence, right? <laughs> and he went on a little hunting trip to Namibia. Oh, come on. Namibia. Namibia. Come on. <laughs> All right. And he took some pictures of all his games. So he killed He killed some. I saw uh, some of them. A leopard. I said lions and tigers and monkeys. But a leopard, giraffe, an impala, a water buck, and then a family of baboons. Right. And he took he took those pictures and he emailed them out to some of his friends. About 100, 125 of his friends. I'm like, I don't even have that many friends. <laughs> I'm like, I got I'm like, like maybe six. And I'm like, please never include me in that kind of chain email in no. the first place. It's just gonna get deleted no matter what. I don't care if there's pictures in there or not. And um, so he emailed out. Well, anyways, somehow it leaked through his his friend list and out to the public. Can't imagine 150 oh people. I know 125. And, Let me roll these up. And one of the pictures, I think the kind of the picture that really bothered everybody was the family of baboons that he killed where um, there was mom, dad, brother, and little baby sister. The draft bothered me. The draft did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, and, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. All right. All right. <laughs> and then the little the little baby sister. So that's what I think kind of got everybody. Well, anyways. The little baby sister. That, that's right. That's mm-hmm. what I assume. I'm just, I'm trying to make it as sad as possible. And, <laughs> and so anyways, he finally, he got pressured to step down from the right. Idaho Fishing Game Commission. Not just pressured, the was, governor. Well, so yeah. I got a quote from governor, yeah. governor Otto's, Otter, Otto, mm-hmm. Otter said, I <laughs> have sorry, governor. high expectations and standards for every appointee in the state of government. Uh, every member of my administration expected to exercise good judgment. Uh, and Commissioner Fisher did not. Really? Yeah. Mm. So pretty, pretty hard. Pretty strong language. Yeah, exactly. So, so what, what are your, I got tons of thoughts on this. I, I actually, since we have a guest, I think we should let our guest. Okay. Let's start with Bill. <laughs> Bill, well, would you have fired Blake? I would have done so right away. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it would have been that nice. I just said, get your bags packed and get off my stage. <laughs> so what, what was it that hit you that made you say, oh yeah, he's got to go? Well, you can do a trophy hunt, I think. But to go beyond and take out a whole family or something—that's—that's that's just not right. So if I mean, he took that's out not the, a, the mom and dad, but not the baby. No, family. even then, I would have been—you know—I don't hunt anymore because I last time I did, I wounded an animal and I wasn't physically able to get up to it hmm. quick enough to put it out of its misery. And after that, I put my gun down and said, "I won't do that anymore. Hmm. I take my camera instead." If I, but I, I just, <laughs> is that your phone? Oh, oh, notifications. Keep, I'm, I'm working on it. How, just how long have we been Bill. doing this, Chocolate? Knox? Uh, two years, man. Oh, man. All right. Turn, it, so, turn so, it you're, so it's okay to kill. So if the family would have died that same day by three different hunters, that's fine. 
But the fact that he took out the family all at one time, that's the problem. Well, I guess I, it gets down to why are you hunting? You know, he's hunting for pleasure or hunting for status. or And I, I, I'm, I'm well, uncomfortable with that. It seems like in Africa they're hunting because just like if we had an overpopulation of an animal, you know, we would actually try and control that population. Well, in Africa, baboons are... They're out of control. Yeah, yeah, and nuisance. so they hunt them so that they can have, you know, somewhat of a normal um, culture there in, in, in the wildlife. So the word used they and he's not they. Well, they're invited. They're invited to come over and hunt, especially if, you know, hey, if you guys want to pay for it, and we can make money off it and we get conservation control. That's of course. Sure. Come on. Yeah. Right. But I think there's at what level do you go beyond just what is right? Well, and and you, I think that's the point you're trying to make. There's got to be some fine line there between harvesting and going beyond that, and then bragging about it. I I think that's where it crosses that line. You know. Well, he was doing within the means of what they allow there, right? I don't know. That's what I don't know yet. But I mean, there's there is an eth- there's still an ethical question because just because a state or a country allows something doesn't mean it's. That's right or wrong. Yeah. I mean, we, we do that all the time here. We're, in Idaho. I mean, we're murdering babies <laughs> yep. in in our country under yeah. the guise of a legal abortion, and, and we have a problem with baboons being killed right now. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, we we I we, saw two of them this morning. <laughs> baboons. <laughs> well, I woke up and I said, "There's something out there." <laughs> uh, uh, I was thinking of the the law in Deuteronomy. I, I I don't know that I know how to apply this, but okay. he, but here's a law. Let's from, work on it from the Old okay. Testament uh, law. It said, "If a bird's nest." happens to be before you as you go along the way in any tree or on the ground with young ones or eggs with the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. You shall surely let the mother go and take the young for yourself that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know. This is an Old Testament law that's situated in a particular um, society and historical context, but I believe that this law is, is based on certain uh, universal principles that mm-hmm. that reflect sure. the character of God. Yep. It seems to me mm-hmm. that here, what's going on though is God is requiring Israelites to care about how they take the lives of animals That's right. yeah. That's and right. care about um, longevity. So mm-hmm. the mother is to be left, right? Um, presumably, so that the, they can continue to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Whereas they're allowed to take the young. Um, presumably, it's for food. Yeah. Uh, presumably, mm-hmm. it's not just to show it off on Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, so I mean, that has to be teased out, but I would just point, first of all, like if we're going to find out what, what is the ethics behind this? Yeah, we right. need to go back to the Bible. We need That's to go back right. to God's yeah. standard and recognize that do- God, um, does give animals for food. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's clearly explicitly stated. Um, I don't think anybody's eating much baboon meat. Who's hunting, well, you know? I'm wondering, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, that's what I'm wondering. That's right. Um, monkey brains. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's used for food. Um, I guess I can also see a, um, there's a dominion side of things where like you've got too many wolves going on in or some snakes. area or too many <laughs> snakes. Kill, um, kill the whole family of snakes. I, I, I do, I do think that wise cultivation of, of wildlife will mean that at various points, uh, I think we need to be really careful because I think sometimes we think we know what we're doing more than we do. Right. We, we, you know, we, 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 we trim down one population of animals, not knowing that it's going to end up like totally crazy overpopulation of another uh, species, species. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that we need to be very humble and careful, but at the same time, if there's a lot of, you know, uh, uh, wildlife that are doing harm, I think we're in our right to, um, to limit that. So yeah. this is interesting because Gabe, I talked to Gabe last night about this story. He was mad. 
Well, yep. now, why were you so, so upset? Because you didn't have this take at all. So, well, I, I agree. I agree on, um, you know, wildlife etiquette and, um, you know, uh, hunting etiquette and, and all that stuff. We talked a little bit about that, too. Um, but my the weightier matters of the law is what got me on this one. Right. Where where we're where Butch is saying, I have high expectation standards for every appointing in state government while we he oversaw 1400 babies killed due to abortion in the state of idaho last, last year. year yes and he's pressuring his commissioner to step down because right. he killed a couple monkeys in another nation where they actually do that right like yeah, that's absolutely that's part of their culture there's, there's, i no, i agree with that actually i mean this is this is classical this is classic pharisaism um mm-hmm. you know straining out gnats while yeah. swallowing camels mm-hmm. um when we asked um the the um the governors, the potential governors, um, uh, Brad Little and uh, Tommy Alquist. When we had them yeah. on the show, we said, yeah. "What will you do about abortion?" And they all kind of stood there, like, "Well, you know, I mean, we'll sign legislation if it comes across our, our desk. You know, we're pro life, etc." But we asked them specifically, "Would you use the bully pulpit of mm-hmm. of the governor's seat? Would you use it to pressure um, various uh, you know people for life?" Because yep. what he's doing right here. Is using his authority, his bully pulpit, to, to pressure shame, Blake to shame yeah. people yeah. for killing baboons. Well, yeah. I, honestly, I don't think Butch Otto would have even cared had he not got that much pressure from. I mean, they said animal they, rights they, people, well, uh, just people here in, in oh, Idaho. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if all, they were all animal rights people. Well, I think this, this went national. Of, yeah, this yeah. was in like New York yeah. Times. Okay, this is all. But over the, the place. majority of people yeah. that were local that yeah. that complained yeah. about it, I think there was only yeah. three or four people who actually didn't mind. So out of all the people, so all those things together, Gabe, you're you're right. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's massive hypocrisy yeah. to have this kind of outburst and cry and then cave to that kind of pressure at, uh, over this, even if even if there's something something there, even if there's something there. Yeah, right, right. Legitimate, like yeah. legitimate, like what? What are you doing there? Yeah. But to do that and not be yeah. using the same kind of pressure when you have, you know, babies, human beings made in the image of God. Yeah. Um, being murdered every day, fourteen hundred well, a year, and I just wonder how many people who are pro-choice in his cabinet or in his are having his abortions that have yeah, or that right. are having abortions that he hasn't fired. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's a human being we're talking about. Right. Yeah, right. Where's the pressure there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I yeah. think I don't think that we have to. There's somewhat of a false dichotomy though that I don't want to lean into. I, d- I don't think we have to have these two in juxtaposition. Uh, I think we really can actually care. Hold them together. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think absolutely. we can care That's about a great point, Knox. Yeah. Um, yeah. the life of animals and the life of the human beings and not feel like, oh, because we talk about this, we don't care about that. No, the, we can actually hold them together and say, Proverbs. Look. Proverbs actually says that a wise man considers the life of his beast. That's yeah. right. So, so it's a godly thing to care about the lives of animals. And there's something really sick and perverse about a man who uh, who treats animals with cruelty. But the, here's it. I don't think, just to be fair... To Fisher, I don't think that that's what he was doing. I sure. think that people no, no. didn't even they didn't even catch that. Right. What people caught was the fact that he had a baby baboon. That's mm-hmm. what caught fire. There was a baby baboon that really bothered people. Yeah. That was there. That's what because, I saw because they believe in evolution. Let me let me throw a curve at you. <laughs> I like right. it. Go, Bill. Okay, we're talking about taking of animals because that's what they need for you know they're they're opening Time. their that not for power but for finances. Why aren't we more worried about? where they are education-wise, can they develop industry, can they develop farming, can they do other things so they don't have to rely on that type of activity? You're, you're saying Nam- Namibia. In Namibia. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's why I said I throw a curve because I'm going to get back to, the, yeah. to that because that t- bothers me more that they're saying 
we our only way to get income is to have outside people come in and hunt our hunt animals. animals. Yeah. And I'm saying, should we not be, and this is a, a, a question for church, yeah, should we not be over there mm-hmm. providing other alternatives in terms of income, As, growing food, yeah. going for water, going question. for all those other things that, that we have got in our country, but they're, you know, we, we're not exporting right. those. We're so exporting other things. for or against Proposition 1? I am against it. Against Proposition One. Yep. Okay. Why? Why? Well, let me let me let's oh, say what Proposition oh, One is real quick. Oh, oh. Let's Somebody say, tell me what Proposition what One proposition. is. So Proposition One is about making horse recurve. racing, <laughs> yeah, making horse racing and gambling legal in the state of Idaho. And you do not want that to happen. No, we we currently have legal horse racing. What I don't want to see is is the going game. that next step of gaming. Because when you go to Las Vegas, who pays for all the lights and all the glitter and everything? It's not the winners. It's the losers. Do mm. we want to have that happening in our in our mm. state? When you took it, what they're talking about is, in my opinion, is slot machines because yep. you're betting on races that have already occurred, and the machine's going to pick your horse, and then you're going to pull the lever or do something, and if your horse wins, you win. But you know that's gambling, and I, I you know, I'd rather see if you're, it, we have the opportunity to bet on live horse racing i don't think going that next step that's so we're what, already gambling so it's, it's already okay. legal to go to a live race and place bets on a live race <laughs> right. if you're there in person yeah if you want to take that risk do it yeah but when it's the controlled environment the next step okay we're going to vote on and then you say well i like that horse because it i remember him winning well that doesn't mean you're going to win on this because it's a it's a game of chance. So the so that game so is not video game. It's not connected it. to the actual race at all, mm-hmm. other than like just the names. Yeah. are the same. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. That nuance was lost on me when I. Well, um, we got to talk about this. Yeah, now more. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about how that. I want to unpack this. Yeah, just when we get back. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. More with Bill Guys when we come back on Cross Politics. So really, you would have fired him, huh? Even if it was said sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. More no. cross politic coming back. I'll let you answer that next. Yeah, please do. Well, cross politic has a new sponsor. Who you might be asking? Decree Design. Decree Design is a graphic design and web development company that serves your business by helping you speak clearly through visual representation. Serving 90 plus businesses in logo design, print design, brand strategy, web development, and more. Decree Design has a skill and personal touch to customize a package specifically catered to your needs of your business, great or small, and provide personal assistance every step of the way. Whether you're a well-established real estate broker or entrepreneur getting your business off the ground, Decree Design will help your company's visual presence speak clarity and truth. For more information, please visit DecreeDesign.co or schedule a consultation with Joe at DecreeDesign.com. Yeah, Joe at DecreeDesign.com. Hey, and tell them Cross Politics sent you. I don't have anything in my This This song just makes me smile every time. You guys need some water? Yeah, uh, I'll something. get you water. I'll get you water. You can introduce. Need some water? Yes, please. Mm. Wow, new intern. <laughs> That's why we call him the water boy. <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politics. Thank you, Gabe. Um... This segment is brought to you by Gabe the Waterboy. <laughs> He's filling up our cups right now as we speak. Yep. And uh, we're really grateful to have with us on the show today a Moscow local since 1985, did you say? Uh, 86. 86. Wow. Yeah. Um, he was in the Navy for 24 years. Thank That's you. That's correct. Um, 
systems. Uh, he studied systems. Got a couple of master's degrees in systems engineering and systems. And then yeah. um, came to University of Idaho and got a doctorate in education. Thank you. Gary. And um, he, Bill Gosling, has served on the Moscow School Board. That is correct. Um, also um, was then appointed to um, the original state charter school commission. That's correct for Idaho. And then finally, um, you served also on the state board of education. That is correct. And How did the school board like you running on the charter board? <laughs> no, they they one led into the other one. It was okay. it was so I had the you know it's two years as uh, mm-hmm. vice chair, seven or five years as chair. Okay, and then. Um, Probably look for for new blood because I was I'm one of those kinds of people like to come in and get things started sure. and build mm-hmm. and then that tweaking process someone else can do that a lot better. <laughs> so, is, there, is there tension in Idaho between charter schools oh, no. and public schools? Well, there was originally. Uh-huh. Uh, that was one of the issues that we dealt with because it was a brand new thing and so right. that it was looked upon as a horse race, mm-hmm. a competition. Mm-hmm. We only have X amount of dollars. Why should we start up a second right, now system? You're, you're cutting the pie up more, so that means we're going to lose some. Exactly. And so that's why a lot of the school districts said, no, we're not going to charter any charter schools. So they came to the state, and we start chartering them and dealt with some really disastrous issues. Okay. Like if your son and daughter are going to that charter school and they want to play football or be in the band, it's going to cost you extra money. And I uh, said, oh, wait a minute. You know, They're paying taxes. They're keeping that public school open yeah. they should be able to do that and slowly we got that wall knocked down so they they accepted them bill's also served as a financial consultant for 13 years yes. or you did before yes. retiring now you run a little ranch yes on the edge of town uh what kind of ranch scottish highlander Highlanders. cattle there we go oh, no and way. i'm bucking bucking bales day man <laughs> wow. that, they, are they good tri-tip Oh yes! Oh yeah! Because what makes them so unique is that <laughs> we had, need a cross-politic branded meat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there you go. There, yes. I got some. I'll sell you. Okay. But what makes them so great is they got that heavy fur or, or hair, uh-huh. and so they don't have to marble that big fat. Oh. List so that marble the fat is marbled throughout the meat, so it's extremely tender. Wow. The book says it's you know a lot less cholesterol than normal beef. Wow. Um, oh. And people haven't messed with that breed. Okay. So that's interesting. That's what. So Bill, but, you're married. You yes. have four children, two stepchildren, and three grandchildren. That is correct. Man. Congratulations yeah, you, you, on those you. on those grandchildren. Yep. You baptize your kids, Bill. Uh, two of them are done, one to go. <laughs> uh, Toby, Toby's available. Uh, and, uh, we can fix that for you. There we go. <laughs> um, Bill, what, uh, what church are you involved with? Are you involved with the church? I'm not involved in any church. Okay. I, I, you know, we can talk about sure, that a little maybe later we can. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. really grateful to have you on the show today. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and you are running for House of Representatives in the state of Idaho, District 5A. That is correct. Which is Leitah and Benoit counties. That is also uh, so we're in Latah County. For those of you who don't know, Benoit is right next door. Right. Um, and uh, and you are up for election here in in a couple weeks. Did yeah, you? about November the 6th. Okay. Yeah. Don't mess November. that up, man. Okay, no. yeah. So, um, well, wonderful. What... Um, why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> this is this is our favorite question. <laughs> yeah. for politicians, what, what's what's wrong yeah. with what's you? What's wrong with you people? Well, when I what's stand in front of the mirror every people? morning, that same person asks that yeah. same question. Yeah. So I I have I still haven't been able to answer him correctly. Yeah. <laughs> is your ranch boring? Yeah. Uh. Well, you know, I'm, you know, when I first started bucking bales back in college days, okay. you know, there were 70, 80 pounders and wire and. Mm-hmm. 
got three cents a bale. And I thought, you know, I was rich then because I could get buck ten bales. I had enough gas to get into Missoula oh, wow. <laughs> to party. But uh, but now you, uh, I keep asking my bailer. I said, okay, we're sixty pounds. Let's go to fifty. Now I said, let's go to forty. Because uh, the challenge is, I'm not finding any young men and women that want to buck bales anymore. Oh, wow. And that's that's the challenge I think with our youth today is mm-hmm. you know, they've lost that that willingness to put in that hard work, and especially with their hands. Yeah. And yeah. Um, firm you know, up them bones and muscles. Yeah. You, you, uh, well, I had a couple football players from one of the local communities said, oh, "Okay, we want to buff up." And yeah. I said, "Well, I'll pay you additionally buffing up." Yeah, day and a half later, they. They're, I was back there by myself. They, they bailed on you. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need that buff. Wow. And then I had one of the uh, football players from the University of Idaho that I'd sort of had been taken under my wing, and we just had a great relationship. And he said, oh, "I'll come out and buck bales." And so he's on one side, I'm on the other side. Pretty soon, you see these bales coming up and over the wagon landed he's on my him side. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he's you know he's bench pressing 300, 400 wow. pounds. He's got a fifty pound bale, and he goes. Okay, I can put it up there, and it just oh, missed. Wow! <laughs> so I back, wanna, back to the question. I want to yeah. get, get yeah. back to. Sure, I'm sorry. So, yeah, what what do you hope to accomplish in uh, running for yeah. and and hopefully being elected House of Representatives? What, what's what's your goal? Well, my goal is is to help people. You know, I've I've had a lot of people help me very positively throughout my life, and and guided me through some situations. I probably you know. Should have been up in the reform school or something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. Send them to a boarding school. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and I and I so I I I just my mom always said, "What have you done for the for someone else today?" And you know, when I first about five six years old, she had me out putting garbage cans away for for the neighbors, and I thought, "Well, this is cool," you know. So it's my whole life has been dedicated in one way or another to helping other people. First, you know, on active duty with the military, you know, with the school boards, right. and and then uh, in. And right now, more or less, um, community service. Are there, and, are there particular problems in Idaho that you are particularly interested in solving? <laughs> well, I, I, my concern is that we came up with a lot of good ideas over in the, on the State Charter School Commission, a lot of good ideas on the State Board of Education. And they would go to the governor's office, they would go to the legislature, and they just had a different view on how those things should be funded or not funded. And so the frustration got to a point. I said, well, you know, if I'm going to speak out against these things, would I not be better in the in the house? To be able to vote and, for it, against it. it kind and, of and share information. Yep. And speak to the issues. Speak to the issues. And yeah. that was one of the things Carolyn Troy asked me to sit in for her for three days while she was out of state. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I sat in on three committees. And two of the committees, I you're supposed to sit there and keep your light off and keep your mic hidden, you know. And I said, no, no I'm down here. I'm, I'm, tra- I'm turning it on. I'm, I'm turning speaking. that light on. I'm oh, speaking. And, and the, of course, the chair and one of them goes Who like this, you? you know, shut up and go turn your light out. And I said, look, you know, here's a, here's an issue. I And we were talking about trespassing. And I said, you know, the uh, presenter was saying, okay, if we come across your your property to do the right thing, you know, to find that pin and we damage your property or damage your equipment, um, we won't hold you liable. We'll take care of it. And I, you know, I sat there and I said, wait a minute. I said, what if you're on my property, my bull comes after you, knocks you down, you break a leg. Who's liable? Oh, and the answer was, oh, you can take care of that on your homeowner's insurance. I said, what? Can you imagine what my premium would be the next month? Oh, seriously. So I brought it up. And that's, I said, common sense is if I'm going to let you across my property, you should hold me homers for any activity. And and it really happened when on, on the ranch I worked over in, in uh, Missoula, yeah. we had a situation like that. Right. And uh, the person sued the ranch and, and it was thrown out. But I said, before we go further, and wow. they, they said, hey, that's common sense. Right. But nobody else was thinking about that. So I right. think 
bringing someone down there that has just common sense and not afraid to say, hey, the, guys. The difference between those two things, I mean, I think it's a great example, actually, is it's it's the difference between somebody taking personal responsibility That's for right. their property and um, and for their livestock right. and taking responsibility for choices that you right. make to go on somebody's property and that's what needs to get sorted out in those situations. And it's that looking for that common ground. You have a job to do. I have ownership. Right. Can we share that? And but so the, they were but, both happy. But the opposite of that is making um, these these sort of safety nets for everything, right. which people don't realize what you're doing when you make the safety net for everyone, insurance and all this other stuff. I know that it's 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 helpful and necessary in its place. But if mm-hmm. that's what you rely on, what you're actually doing is you're stealing people's personal responsibility right. and investment that's in these kinds of decisions. And right. it's yeah. a really practical matter that I don't think people, I mean, you call it common sense, but I would say it goes deeper than that. I mean, it's the way God made the world. Right. And, and when people are not held accountable for their actions, they're actually not being treated like human beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not treating them like volitional creatures who make decisions mm-hmm. and then therefore should be accountable for yeah. their decisions. And you don't get what you're trying to get out that, of that, that either. That's yeah. a, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's actually a, a highly dignifying thing to do. Yeah. It, yeah. It's honoring the image of God in one another when you say, um, your decisions matter. Yep. But if everything's a safety net, we're saying your decisions don't matter. Yes. Reach, reach and, really and, and then, you know, insurance will take care of that. Yeah. Well, then he doesn't matter what you're doing. Yep. This, this is a little beside, uh, onto that point. Oh, we just finished, uh, I served as a deacon at my church and we just finished the book Toxic uh, Charity. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, the book's thesis is, is, you know, figure out how to help the poor in such a way where you're actually giving them dignity. That's mm-hmm. one, part of the right. thesis. Not, not just handouts, not yep. just, not yep. just enabling. And, and exactly. Yep. And, they, and they, and he gave example after example where, you know, you're helping the poor and you're actually taking away their dignity. And one of the principles behind this is don't do something that they can do for mm-hmm. themselves. Right. And, you know, just a basic. What's the name so, of that book again? A toxic charity. Do you know who the author is? Um, Toxic charity, Google it, yeah. find it on Amazon. Yeah. Um, I wanted to push this a little bit back to the education thing, since you got this yeah. education thing going on. Yeah. So one of the things that um, we are really strong on, our audience knows, is, and, and our conviction is um, we are not big fans of government providing education. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so um, it, for a number of different reasons. But at the very least, one of the things that um, we really don't like, speaking of personal responsibility and initiative, is – um, being forced to pay into a school system that we don't want to use. Mm-hmm. So it, it, in a certain sense, there's a couple of different conversations about whether government should be providing education at all. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to, um, uh, my my conviction is that um, people should, if they want to do that, if, uh, if certain people want to do that, fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great idea. But if they want to do that, fine. But I, I'm a homeowner. I'm a you know, I'm a, I'm a member of this community, but I will not send my children to, to the government schools uh, because um, they're training them to become leftists and socialists yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the very least, are teaching them that God is not involved in everyday life. Um, right. because or, or God's not even, it doesn't even exist. It doesn't even exist. Yeah. Um, and as a Christian, one of the things that God's entrusted me as a father with doing is training up my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, mm-hmm. which means that I'm supposed to teach them that everything in this world orients to Jesus. And so mathematics, science, spelling, you know, algebra, calculus, reading and writing, all of it. Gambling. Except for gambling. (laughs) All all of that, all of the good stuff is is good and helpful insofar as it's submitted to Jesus and, Mm -hmm. and submitted to the gospel, submitted to his word. And so, you know, again, if people want to do that, fine. That's sort of a secondary 
question, but I, I guess one of the things I would love to hear from a representative like you, someone's going to go represent me mm-hmm. down in in, in, this, in Boise, would be um, I really, really strongly believe that parents should have full um, responsibility mm-hmm. um, uh, to choose um, how to best educate their own children. Okay, and that would including then um, the freedom to use my money to educate my children the way that I deem best. Okay. Uh, I would, you know, curious your thoughts on that. And would you support um, parents being able to opt out of paying taxes to public education in order to use those funds to provide the education they believe would be best for them? That's a mouthful. Lock the door. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Lock the door. Yeah. In turn. Don't does, let them out. Does, don't let them. does that make does it make sense what I'm asking? I thought I saw a couple of snakes here. I'm running. <laughs> does it make sense what I'm asking? Well, I think it, it, it. I guess my point there is. You know, you have a good handle on what you want to do and how you want to do it. Right. There are so many others out there that don't have that handle, that don't know sure. what they're doing. So at what point does society say, we've got to make some ch- effort to bring education, bring those individuals into the system? And and that's where I had some challenges with. And that's why I was supported. Initially, I went down as a traditional member of the charter school commission there was three of us from traditional three from charter schools gotcha and then we had a referee the seventh person i wound up being the referee <laughs> should have been me yeah, there you go. <laughs> i could have used you a couple times but i think and and what what we came up with was in, a, in my own went through a transition because i said charter schools what the heck are they you know why yeah. don't we do this but the idea of charter schools was giving parents choice right giving the school system choice and then bring the ideas and efforts that those people created and back into the traditional system to improve the traditional system. And I think that's exactly what, you know, the Logos is doing here. That's what St. Good St. Good. uh, St. Mary's. St. Mary's uh, new, um, I'm sorry, St. New Andrews. New St. Andrews. At the the college level. They're doing a great job. Right. And and, and yet you, you have choices. And I think that's what we have. So, so my question, though, has to do with, so I grant yeah, that, like, yeah. uh, that's kind of a different discussion about whether we should do that or not. But my question is, is for those of us that don't want to opt into that, okay, um, shouldn't we have the freedom to use our money um, to educate our children the way that we want to? So uh, sort of piggybacking on the choice idea, yeah. Um, some parents will want to choose charter schools over traditional schools. Okay, fine. Different discussion. But what about those of us that don't want to use either one of those options? Okay. Would you favor legislation that would allow parents um, to just opt out completely, meaning they can keep their money, the, the, the tax dollars that are being used to fund charter schools right. or traditional public schools? Right. And instead, I would love to use that money, for example, to pay my tuition. Right now, I'm paying for two tuitions. Two tuitions, yeah. I, I'm paying for seats, seats that I'm not using in yeah. the public school and the charter school. And I'm paying double because I'm paying tuition now at Logos School for my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you're paying into an ideology that you don't agree with. And I don't, you know, and I don't particularly agree with that. Um, would Would you be open to that kind of thing where you'd give choice to to private school or homeschool people who want to keep their money and and use the money to educate their children the way they want to? I'm going to delay my answer. On that one. <laughs> you're a politician. No, no, no. I'm not a politician. I'm, I'm, I tend to think that you, we've, we're going through a period of transition, right? And I think that's what you're addressing. How fast can we get from point A to point B? You know, and when I went down and you know, public schools, charter schools. No, now we've shifted into the tra- you know the charter schools. We have some great homeschooling. So that question comes up. But then again, what about 
the society's need for an educated community. Sure. I agree. Can, That's can, a the, can, the, can the church at this point step up and say, we can help all. And and it, we, we may be moving that direction, and maybe we, that's the way we I should like be. I like that but, question. That's but, a good question. Yeah. But, yeah. but how do we get there? That's the question. Well, and, well first we got to stop. Fast. We, first, we got to stop taking the people who give to the churches, stop taking their money. So right now, the people who give to the church are getting robbed, <laughs> where they could give more to the church for things like that. I see. If, and to the ideology that actually, think about it, you talked about going over to Africa and, and making wells and helping out. That's yeah. one of the church's biggest things. We're the we're yeah. the people who came up with that idea. But yeah. the state is taking but so much money. How can and they? And the feds. Yeah. yeah. And they're all taking so much money that we, we don't have the we're money. We're restricting the church's ability to do exactly that thing. Yeah. Well, then we go back to the premise of the Constitution, you know, the separation of state and church. Is that something we need to go back and reexamine? Do we need... A, a closer relationship. That was one of the issues we dealt with. One of the charter schools, they, you know, they were very much into the Bible as the primary text, Amen. and yet we were bumping against the state law. Right. So in order, what was the state law that you were bumping against? The separation of church and state. How could yeah. there's there's no in the state of Idaho? A, yeah, state of Idaho. I didn't know. I don't think there is a oh, state yes. law of separation of church. Oh, yeah. Is it coming from the federal government? No, it's from the state law. The state law says that you cannot use, and this is because this was appealed up to the Ninth Circuit, okay. and I was in the middle yeah, of it. You're in the middle of it. And, and what it was, it was the, um, you could not use taxpayer money for a religious, in this case, it was a primary text. Right. And they said, we're going to use it as a secondary text. Interesting. Then it was okay. So we got but, some more, we got some the, more work to do. So, but, exactly. evolu- but yeah, evolution's yeah. allowed to be taught as a primary text yeah. in, in public schools. I'm sorry. <laughs> evolution's allowed to be taught as a primary text in public schools. I believe it is. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. religion. Yeah, well, but it's it the the as it got down to it, then the fine point was, if I give you a homework assignment and I say for you to to go into a particular chapter and a particular verse and, and do your homework on that, uh-huh. that was wrong. Okay. If I said go home and do. That particular chapter, that particular verse, and go to the Quran and go somewhere and one of the others and do so, the same thing. So, sort of, if it's comparative, if comparative, that's a, called a secondary trust or a secondary uh, text. Okay, that was okay. Interesting. But this particular group said no; it has to be the primary text, and we said let's compromise. And there, and no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Go ahead. You oh, I missed out on that one. No, no, no. No, I, and I think that was the difference, and and, and we weren't going to. They didn't want to move, and and of course we couldn't get the law to change, so so we were at an impasse. And I think yeah. that's what we want to send someone down. It says, okay, let's look for common. What makes sense, you know? Okay. And let's get something moving in the right direction. But like, stop stealing my money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we come back. We want our kids to have an amazing education, but. We are sending our children into this world, and we want our kids to be able to stand toe-to-toe with this world and be able to defend their faith. CC really, really, really helps you to get that foundation. I love that they are getting, um, they have a safe place to explore their faith and that that biblical worldview is being reinforced. What we're doing at home is what's happening in the classroom. How important is it to you um, to be involved in your child's education? How important is it to you to um, instill your values in your child? How important is it to you to be a part of something that's a little bit bigger than you? 
How important is it to you to have your child be a part of something that's a, just a little bit bigger than them? Everything that I wanted for my children's education, every question I asked, Classical Conversations was the answer. And as I... Now keep going. As, as, I, you know, as I try to say, you know, we have obligations and how we raise money for those obligations and that discussion has to be okay two phase what are those obligate what are those obligations yeah, yeah. what are, what, what are what government are, obligations, obligations. People, and then yep. once we decide that yep. then let's look at how we raise money but, to meet those obligations but no one's talking about can a person be free to not teach your kids to read like <laughs> can i if ah. i choose to See that the government's obligation is all still infiltrated into that person's ability. Welcome to, back to cross hey politics. Hey guys, how y'all doing? <laughs> We've just kept it's talking. Cross politics. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, During the break, no lot of stuff happened. Killed a few snakes. Whole family of them. Whole tribe. Of we got with us uh, Mr. Bill Gosling. We're thankful to have him with us in the studio today. Uh, he's raising tri tip steaks mm. <laughs> the yes. out on the corner Santa Maria style out on the corner of Moscow uh, and Paradise Ridge yeah. and uh, he's also running for House of Representatives uh, uh, it's District 5A that's 5A uh, that's correct Leta Benoit counties and we've been talking about Idaho politics today so uh, thanks share the show like and uh, become a member if you aren't already yeah if not so um, <laughs> I wanted to um, get, kick it back. I know. I mean, there's lots here. I mean, do you, do you want to? Uh, I, I, I wanted to get to Proposition this, so, 1 and Proposition 2. Okay, so Proposition 1, did we hit that a little bit already? Uh, we did. We did so let's come back to that. But Proposition 2 is really okay. eating at me right now so because. This is, a, this is a second thing on the Idaho ballot mm-hmm. um, coming up November 6th. Yeah. Um, we talked about Proposition 1, which is the gambling about, it's the gamification of horse racing. Yeah. Um, which that, is amazing. I did not a, know that. That, that was a good big in, word. And then Proposition two. Yeah. What's proposition two? Basically expanding Obamacare and Medicaid throughout the state of Idaho. The state of Idaho. Yeah. You yep. probably to give it more better definition. Well, I, th- I think it's it's unfortunate. The, the federal law right now says it, we have Obamacare, but the way it's set up, you know, each state was able to accept it or not. Idaho right. said no, we're not going to accept it at this in this way. So over the last several years, we've been trying to fill a way. And determine a best way to, to meet the needs of those people who were not being covered by Obamacare. And you'll hear different numbers from 50,000 to 70,000. I've heard as high as 90,000 people that fall in this gap, many of them for no reason other than they're in a, in a type of employment. And a good example is if you're working in the woods right now, we've got an extra couple of weeks of work because the weather hasn't changed. Right. right. But if we had a lot of rain right now, you'd be out of a job and you'd have to wait until spring thaw comes and, you can get back in there or well, go get another job or get another job. But that's right now we have surplus of jobs, but you know, um, you can move, move. Okay. You can, you and, have to. And, and you move from Texas to Idaho. I've or, done it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have for a job for a job. Oh, sure. yeah, absolutely. Well, if I'm not making yeah. money in the state. Yeah. Well, I moved 17 times in 24 years. You got to do what you got to do to you make gotta, your yeah, money. Right. Yeah. But I mean, if you, and that's, again, we can go back and argue education. If I, I've lived in, in Benoit County and all my years I've spent working in the woods yeah. and that is what I know to, and I can do it very well. And all of a sudden now I, I find myself not able to find it. Where do I go to work? Yeah, and that's the area where where we really have to emphasize education. Well, it your t- job's up on, on the chopping table coming November sixth, though, right? So <laughs> well, no, my job's not up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of your jobs. You can go, yeah, yeah, you can go yeah. back and keep <laughs> making steaks. That's right. Yeah. And that part might actually be a better business. <laughs> I think part of this discussion, though, with Prop One, education, Prop Two, Two. now that we're talking about, 
is first is is it did God give the government the biblical authority to do X? Right. And then secondly, is it right and proper that the government should maybe do this? You know, if if there's no clear um, direction from from the Lord, the second principle would be: is it right and proper that the government maybe get involved in? Okay. So are you, you yes know, or no? Yes or no? On regulating two. gambling, whatever. Uh, proposition two. Yes. You're yes. Yes. So, yes no. And I've already voted, so I've committed myself. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, you, so you're committed I'm to be the, yeah, yeah. the, the yeah, yeah. Medicaid yeah, throughout. But here's, here's, here's what I would argue and would, would suggest on that. You know, it's it's got to be a phased process. You know, went out and we and they, they got the signatures. It's going to be voted on November 6th so the people will have an opportunity to speak, which is what we all want. It goes to the legislature. The legislature has to make a decision. How are we going to fund it? Because there is a a ten percent component that we have to do about that. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I don't okay. go shopping for stuff. Ninety percent I mean, comes from the federal the, government. Ten percent comes from state. I go yeah, window right. shopping yeah. for stuff I can't afford. That'd be nice one day, but yeah. I can't buy stuff I can't afford. <laughs> but then again, are you not already sending some of your money back to to the good people in Washington? Yeah, which is again, yeah. we're talking yeah. about still in some point. So, yeah. so when the guy <laughs> came by, so I had a guy come by um, recently, knocked on my door, and and said, "Hey, I'm I'm here to uh, encourage you to vote for Proposition 2. Two. And so I asked him about it, and he explained this is um, basically. Um, taking back funds taking funds that um we've paid in to that we are paying in we are paying in federally that goes to the federal government Government. and and right now idaho is not taking those funds right and and so i i I told him i said you know i i won't vote for proposition two um primarily i didn't know all that it's funding but primarily because i don't think the federal government should be taking that money to begin with Mm-hmm. Um, right. they, um, I don't believe that the government, state government or federal government, is good at providing the kind of health care Idahoans need. Okay. Yeah. The, the people of Idaho need the kind of health care that local communities can provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the further it gets away from the local community, the worse job they do. Um, the, best, the, bo- the best person for health care is mom. That's right. Right. Okay. right? You know, well, mom, I don't, I, I don't want I don't want some state representative telling me what kind of medicine, cough medicine to give my kid when he's like, I want my, my wife to tell what kind okay. of cough medicine. But then I want to go out from there and have personal relationships with doctors, um, with pediatricians, nurses, yeah. pediatricians, with uh, whatever. And and I think um, but again, back to um, you say, what can, are are is local communities? Are they up for it? Do they have the infrastructure to do that? Well, no, not currently, because so much of our money is being taken away so that the good people of local communities, the businessmen, the doctors and so forth, are so strung up with regulations and fines and taxes, um, we can't. We can't take care of our local community, our local, um, our neighbors, which is, I think, I think we should take care of our neighbors. Okay. Um, and I think we're in a position where we can actually hold each other accountable um, <laughs> in a way that, how are you going to hold some bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. accountable well, and they don't—they don't even care about that in some right. sense because they're—they're they're literally Obamacare now funds transgendered surgeries. So against the Hippocratic Oath, Obamacare is now doing damage to people who think they can be women, right? And they fund and they fund the surgery. And uh, Gritman, our local hospital here in Moscow, they actually um, do transgendered surgeries here in really? Moscow, and no one says anything about it. Um, you know, so we have this—we have this bureaucracy, like Toby was talking about. We have this bureaucracy that it's actually doing damage. Mm-hmm. Um, financial damage, communal damage, and actually physical damage to paying for physical damage to the patients, and then what we, and then kind of what Prop Two is saying. Oh, let's just adopt more of that. Right. I want to. I want to keep the at least keep the federal government out of Idaho healthcare. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think, probably the reason initially why we didn't take the funds is that people were objecting to Obamacare yeah. Yeah. and saying, Washington, D.C. is not your business. It's not your responsibility before God to take care of us. Um, at the very least, I'd like it to limit to the state of Idaho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that's even more expansive than I would prefer it. I'd, I'd prefer it to be shrunk down even smaller. Right. Um, but I think the Idaho state needs to stand and say, no, this is not your business. Yeah. And, and I think... Better than that, ought to tell the feds, give us our money back. That's right. Um, yeah. But you're, you you don't have the business to take it in yeah. the first place. Um, state governments um, have been run over by the feds. Yeah. Over in and the name over, of federal funding. Over and over yeah. again. I mean, how many? How much percentage of our land? The state of Idaho's land, like thirty yeah. percent. Oh, it's. I think it's more than that. More than yeah, that. Yeah. It's yeah. Than that. Yeah. basically like kind of pseudo owned, grabbed by the feds. Yeah. They sort of lease it back to us. Well. That's a whole different subject. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying it's another know, example, lands, though, yeah. of, of federal overreach. Well, let me let me come back in, in from my experience yes. as a guardian ad litem or as a as a advocate for for children. Yes, a um, couple of situations I dealt with. You know, I had nine foster children. So I was responsible for it. Again, I don't know if you know the cost of guardian guardian ad litem program. Is mom and dad both have state appointed lawyers, or their private lawyers? The state has the attorney general. The children have no one representing. So that's where the cost of guardian animal yep. steps in. That I'm was my responsibility. And you mentioned about mom. These kids didn't have a mom. Right. And they were feral. Right. And and by feral, I mean, they didn't know how to use forks. We've done, we've done foster care, okay. too. So so, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Fami- very okay, familiar so with you're great. Yeah. So if it wasn't had been for those four solid foster families that helped me out, we would have some real problems. Yep. So... Where does then, who steps in to help those children uh, help? And of course, foster parents are there, but there's more children than foster families. Sure. And that was my concern is is mom cannot be there to provide that frontline medical help. So who then steps up and and provides in the community? Okay. So we're beginning to see that change where we have uh, groups of people bind. And I don't remember the, the name of the organization that says, okay, we join this group. And we will take each take care of each other financially in the event of an illness, and and that is starting to develop. And I think we're seeing doctors now beginning to develop their own uh, patient list or their right. own small community right. of patients. So we have like Doctor Story, for example, yeah, Rod uh, Story Emily, in town, direct okay. direct care, or direct something? care, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. and I. I uh, went to her opening. I think it was Doctor Story. Maybe, maybe if it's a female doctor, yeah. maybe a different doctor. Yeah, it's the, Emily. There's another one. Our, I'm okay. our, the one I'm thinking of is Rod Story. He's okay. he's a gentleman um, who's opened a private practice doing okay. that. But sort I think of thing. there's a female doctor. Yeah, that and she's that. doing a, you know yeah, that's same, what's similar neat. thing. And and uh, so I think that's kind of things that we're evolving into. And I know Carl Berglund and I had a great conversation about that yeah. healthcare. And I think that's where the church is beginning to broaden its influence and broaden its right. ability to help and out. And so, there's health share organizations out there. Thank kind you. Of, yeah. right. um, that, that, that was the word. Um, I was Samaritan ministries but, but and similar. But here's what we're doing is we're actually just making it harder when we adopt Prop 2. We're making it harder for these kind of organizations to exist well, over time. And when, when, so, when Obamacare started, um, the deductibles were about – the average deductible nationwide was about three to $400. Before this, like pre two thousand eight, like thirteen hundred dollars. This is like pre two thousand eight. Obamacare has, has <laughs> increased the deductible that you pay out of your own pocket right. up to about. It's a, I think it's now the average deductible is no. at thirteen, fourteen. I'm not paying that. 
which is, in, which is insane. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I so, ain't paying that. So, yeah. but when w- the government keeps doing the same thing over and over again in this and area. And making it worse. And making it worse. And then expecting that they're actually solving the problem, you know. And But they actually keep. Because what happens is when the government funds something, prices go up. When government because they're in competition with the private practice. Exactly. Yeah. Prices yeah. go up because yeah. now there's a money flow happening. Yeah. It's not yeah. real competition. As yeah. a financial consultant, I, I you can I understand you know, that. Exactly. You understand that principle, yeah. but if I lay a dollar on there and you're going to say, I'll give you a dollar two for it, yeah. and you say a dollar five, yeah. that's hey. what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> this is the point, though. I think yeah. long term, that is crushing the poor. Yeah. It's not helping the people who don't have work and can't provide the, the, the weakest and poorest among us. It's crushing them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, here's the biblical principle that I would argue for. Okay. Um, in 1 Timothy 5, Paul's talking to Timothy, who's planting a church in Ephesus, and telling him how to take care of widows. Okay. So, so widows would be a similar to orphans, similar sure. to yeah. foster kids, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and Paul says, basically, um, there are certain circumstances under which the church um, can support widows. Mm-hmm. But he says, first of all, um, the family of the widow needs to be called upon to take care of that widow first. Okay. And he says, if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for those of his own household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's cool. 1 Timothy 5, 8. Mm-hmm. So the first line of defense in terms of health care and welfare is the family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so first we go and see, is there family that can help these people? But then in this context, Paul is talking about situations when there's no family, yep. which, which you're pointing out. And, and again, I've done foster care and I'm, I'm familiar with these kind of situations. And and that's then the church is the next line yep. of defense. And, that, and I would include the church community. I would include even just local communities yeah, broadly. Yeah. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be the church proper, right. mm-hmm. um, but, you know, local doctors, local hospitals, um, local social work, you know, whatever, like a, a kind of local community care. Right. And then I would say, last of all, I think there probably are hard cases um, where things fall through the cracks. And I can appreciate then there being a very, very limited um, role for the state, probably in places, just right. to help where there's something falling through the cracks. And I right. would say, like, but hardly any cases I can imagine that happening or but it, where but that's needed. Well, and if it is needed, then it's just like some sort of emergency means, hurricane it, situation. Right. If that that kind of thing. I'm talking about yeah. really extreme uh, but situations. But even the government doesn't do good there. We still have to come yeah. in and we get there before right. the government. Yeah. But <laughs> hopefully. We saw my brothers well, in Texas you, going right. in. Yeah, we don't their, play that. Getting their big rig trucks going through the hurricane waters. But, yeah. but I think it's really, it's, it's interesting, though, yeah. that here in this place, Paul never says, and then if that doesn't work, ask the Roman centurion. Yeah. Mm. If, if that, they're going to ask, help. ask the federal and, and, and government, if, if that doesn't work, talk <laughs> yeah. to the uh, Ephesian, um, uh, the Ephesian city council. I mean, yeah. He's in the city of Ephesus. There's mm-hmm. a city council yeah. there. He right. never says that. Um, elsewhere in, in in Romans 13, Paul says that the civil magistrate is established by God and is given the sword to punish evildoers and ought to praise those who do righteousness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, the fundamental central duty of civil government, according to the Bible is punish evildoers mm-hmm. and praise the righteous. Right. Um, so people who are doing a good job, praise them, mm-hmm. endorse them, bless them, You know, um, get out of their way so they can do their job, and then people who are breaking laws need to be punished. Right. Um, but I would say education, healthcare, welfare, these are things that are, that are they're given to families and churches to take care mm-hmm. of, and, and the government, I think, needs to see itself as, we need to get out of the way okay. so we, we can cheer it on, um, you know, bless those mm. people who are doing a good job at it. 
Um, but I think the the our report card yeah. of like you know the government you know since you know FDR probably before that the more that government has gotten involved in education health welfare stuff yeah. the worse it's gotten. I mean, yeah. not, if you want to not a, the better a good kind of gauge if you want to look at the black community, just look at the black community over uh, since the oh, the early 1900s right up until about the 30s right 40s really. Right at that change, we start government start interfering with the black community. It actually did more damage to the black community than slavery really did, mm-hmm. because the black family. You was, said what? <laughs> it did <laughs> what? Because nothing. The nucleus of the back of the family is the husband and wife. Right. And if you can separate that, then you can destroy it. Yep. And, but, and, that, and that requires dependence that's right. on one another. Yeah, but but it, if you can get funding elsewhere, it's actually breaking right. down the glue that holds Those families together. together. So the very thing that, that they want, thought they wanted yeah. to help, they actually did more damage and has continued to over these years. And so you just look at what the government does thinking they're helping and it's not. Okay. And, and it's it, toxic it, charity. It, it, I mean, it's Ooh, very, exactly. Ooh. And it tears us apart. Toxic charity. And, yeah. the, and so I, what, one thing that I'm listening to you and I've been noticing is I see that you really do want to help people. Yep. And I appreciate yeah. all that. All of us here do. I, yeah. I think all we do. Absolutely. Do. And yeah. I think that that's what's encouraging about talking to you. But I think that the way that we do it, though, is very important. Not just that we have the heart to do it, mm-hmm. but how we talk about doing it is really helping yep. or hurting. Yep. You know? Yep. Proposition so, two also expands funding to Planned Parenthood. It says oh. it says in your notes here. Is yep. that true? Yep. It expands funding for abortifacient contraceptive drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean I I think Christians should vote no on Proposition Two just purely on that. I mean we Planned Parenthood needs to die. Uh, yeah, Planned Parenthood does not need our funding, um, and we certainly don't want to be uh, funding um, abortifacient contraceptive drugs. Not if we care yeah. about the kids. <laughs> right, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean, who are the weakest among us? Really, yeah, the kids. Yeah, the, the little the ones, ones yeah. the, the kids, the unborn uh, children in Idaho. Um, uh, but man, um, we could keep talking. I don't know. What, what... No. So, <laughs> go ahead. So, yeah. so I, 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 the last so word, I, I took some quick notes, and I yes. and I fully agree with you. The family foundation is where it's at, yeah. and we've got to go back to that that concept of mom and dad taking care of. It. And that's one of the reasons why I just you know disagree with a lot of people on pre K, pre K education, kindergarten, great, but pre K, you're starting to take that kid away from mom and dad, mm. and mom and dad need to be there to provide that first, second, third, fourth year of education and and then go to kindergarten and then go on. But I think it's we've lost that ability. Even I talked to a teacher the other day as kindergarten. She said, Bill, there's kids are I've got kids in my class that don't know rhymes. Right. Jing, you know, a little jingle bell or humpty duty we know what they, they the, come into kindergarten not knowing not knowing that. So they've lost the are, they, the parents yeah. haven't and yeah. haven't provided that part of it, that growth, that involvement or that right. education. You know, and that's what's concerning to me. Well, um, yeah. And and so, you know, when I first my my um, son and his wife decided to homeschool for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, they started at about two years old. They started providing it, and I thought. Oh. <laughs> and then I, as I realized, I learned that there's value there because now that they're in in the regular school system, they're just way out ahead of their peers. Yep, and yep. and in fact, they were in a charter school, and I got a call the other night said, "Dad, it's not working." I said, why? Because the charter school had lost its direction. They were going for the business model because they wanted to increase enrollment because yeah. they were, and so they're going to go back to the public school, which was the only alternative. Right. But it, I said, you know, the momentum that you started way back when, and now it went through two good Texas schools, uh, and then good solid Missouri schools. Now they're down in Florida and yeah. they make some decisions. <laughs> so I go back to the family yeah. and then the church. One of the, the, you know, I, 
I've got all kinds of ribbons on my chest from from Vietnam days. But the ribbon that's not there that that I I most prize is my God and Country Award from Boy Scouts. Huh. I mean, that was something my mom and dad did. They said, you know, you owe the church. And so the God and Country Award is that you 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 do a patriotic, but you spend a lot of time at the church. You know, I remember going down the pews and putting the little pencils in and folding the broken ones out and sharpening them. But it, it, it was my contribution, and it's still there. I so, mean, so what happened? Why aren't you in church? Ah, uh, Vietnam. <laughs> really? How did, how did yeah. Vietnam take how, you away how, from church? Explain that. Well, <laughs> you're in a life and death situation, and I lost a wingman, and I was deep deep in country and the book said, you know, get around, get out hell out no matter what. And I had to make a, I had to make a decision. Do I stay and complete the mission? And knowing that if I didn't complete it, the whole air wing would have to come back in the next day to do that particular mission again. And they knew we would be coming. So we potentially lose more people. Yeah. And I also knew that that mission brought me down over Hanoi. And I knew that I had several friends that were down in those cells and every time they heard one of us go over, it was a little bit, you know, we're still there for you. Uh-huh. Uh, emotional. Now. Yeah. No, but that's all right. So, so I, you know, I had a, a come to at that point in life. And, you know, and we made some, we, you know, that's when I have this special relationship. So whenever I have a, a challenge in my life, that's how I connect up. I don't. Um, so you're saying that actually, you feel like that brought you close to God? Oh yeah, I mean, there's no way enough that you're at thirty thousand feet, yeah. your missiles are going all over right. around yeah. you. You look up and say, "Okay." A lot, yeah. of, a lot of things clear, yeah. get cleared yeah. up, don't yeah. they? When, <laughs> when, when you find know, out what the real yeah, life is, yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I just I've gone to a lot of different churches, and um, I just don't feel that connection that way. And so I, I. Go so out and sit on the hill up there on the ridge. So you kind of have that. You feel and, like you have that connection oh, on yeah. your own. Oh yeah, but but yeah, he he can do what he you know he kept me going for that day and yeah. and since then and and that's part of that dedication of payback. Well, you maybe know, it's paying it forward. Maybe just a couple thoughts about that. One is when you gave your life to Christ, which it sounds like that's um, you yeah. gave your life to Jesus. Um, one of the things that he came to do was not just die for me and you, but he came to die for a body of of believers, right? And so when we, part of what we view church as is we're in a, we're in a covenant with a body, a body of Christ, a body of believers. And so that's one reason why we go to church on Sunday Mm -hmm. is because we go to gather with the body of Christ. And it's not, not just necessarily to make some kind of spiritual connection because, but it has to do with the fact that, that God has said, this is where I am. I I want to, I'm working through this body of people. Mm -hmm. And I'll, and I do periodically we'll go, you know, and it would be the Protestant, the Lutheran, the you know, the various different churches, you know, and, and, and it just, it's there, but I think my own personal relationship is very close yeah. and very narrow. I, I mean, unfortunately, but, but I think that's part of the reasons I dedicate myself to the foster program and dedicate sure. myself to, to running but, away but from it running. Seems, it seems from my perspective that there's not much truth, like guiding you in what you're doing. Cause you, hmm. you just said, I go to the Presbyterian church, the Lutheran church or the the Baptist church matter, you know, it's, there should be truth guiding us. And then secondly, when we talk of a little bit about your faith, I hear a lot of response about works. I go and help these people. Right. I go and serve these people, which is good and noble, but to, to bring my works before Jesus is just filthy hmm. rags. Right. You know? And, and so, um, to talk about my relationship with God, first, I want it to be built on truth because if it's not true, mm-hmm. um, then it's not built on Jesus. Right. 
And then secondly, when I re, when I talk about my faith, I want to first talk about what Jesus did for me, not what I'm trying to do for him. I see. Does that, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Hold on. Real quick. Hey, guys, pray for Bill. <laughs> Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors, yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. We're going to talk to Bill off air. <laughs> right. Th- thanks for being on Cross yeah, Politics. Thanks, yeah, thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Yeah. 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 It was a great learning lesson. <laughs> <laughs>